0: Ha, <laughs> Old Radio Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio.
1: I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out.
0: Thanks to our mysterious patrons, we passed another Patreon support goal. Thank you, patrons! Yay! As a reward, we're listening to The Indestructible Mike Matter, a five-part serial from
2: yours truly, Johnny Dollar. In a departure from our usual recording process, all three of us are listening to this story for the first time. Not only that, we're listening to it together and recording our thoughts immediately after hearing each episode. In this way, you'll get our real-time reactions to the story's clip Hangers, plot twists, and final resolution. What's more, we're releasing episodes daily, allowing you to enjoy the story in its original, serialized format. So
1: now let's listen to part five of the Indestructible Mic Matter from yours truly, Johnny Dollar. First aired June 8th, 1956.
0: It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker... Listen to the music, and listen to the voices.
3: From Hollywood, it's time now for...
4: Johnny Dollar.
5: Randy Singer, Johnny. How you feeling?
4: Thanks to you, and having got me here, pretty good.
5: Bellevue's a good hospital.
4: I'll be released within the hour, so will Mike Flynn. And? I'm going down to the Glad Hand Rescue Mission to straighten out a few things with Daddy Bill.
5: Sounds to me like it ought to be police business, Johnny. I'll be
4: right over. No, no, let me handle this alone.
5: You got your gun?
4: You bet your sweet life I have. Johnny? I'll report to you later.
3: Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
4: Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location New York City, to the Lakeside Life and Casualty Company. Following is an accounting of expenditures incurred during my investigation of the indestructible Mike matter. Item 16, 190, cab fare for Mike Flynn and myself, Bellevue Hospital to the dingy Hotel Brakely. Both of his inner heads still swathed in bandages. With the help of the room clerk, I installed Mike in a small room on the fifth floor, with instructions to keep his door locked. In my own room, room 203, I picked up my 38 and donned the old clothes I'd bought. Item 17.55 cents Taxi to the neighborhood of the Glad Hand Rescue Mission. For obvious reasons, I walked the last couple of blocks. When I got there, the big front assembly room was empty. So was the soup kitchen in the back of the place. I called Daddy Bill's name a couple of times and got no answer. And finally decided to wait for him in the little room back of the assembly hall that he used for an office. I still felt a little shaky from the blow on the head, so I didn't mind just sitting a while. But I left the door open a crack, and a few minutes later heard the street door open. It wasn't Daddy Bill, but I recognized him as a newcomer to the mission whom I'd seen on my first visit. He made directly for the little office.
6: All ready, Daddy. Uh, Why, you ain't Daddy Bill, sir. No. Do you know where he is? Yeah, out shopping, at least that's where he say he was going.
4: Didn't I see you in here the other day?
6: Why, yes, sir, I guess you did. Uh, my name's Emory. I just reared the rods in from Ohio. <laughs> Boy, I had to. I got myself in a jam back there. To... Yeah, I guess I just got me too much muscle. <laughs> uh, but they won't catch up with me here. Daddy Bill promised me that. Say, I should have known you wasn't him in here. Oh. Sure, he said he wouldn't be back for another hour. You plan to wait for him? Sure do. He promised me a job. I would money on it. Enough money, he said, to get clear out of the country. And he'd help me do it.
4: Doesn't it strike you funny, bud, that a guy running a place like this would help you skip the country?
6: Man, when you're like me and you get a helping hand, you just don't ask no questions. Uh, You see Mike? Mike Flynn? Yeah, he come back? No, why? Uh, Daddy Bill left me a package for him. For him or Johnny if they come back here. Well, uh, I'm Johnny. Well, here, I'll get it. It's right outside the door here. Yes, sir, liquor, he said. And, uh, maybe you let me have some. Here, see?
4: I'll take it. Liquor, did you say?
6: That's what he said. Let's open, huh? No, no, hands off. Well, look here, man. Old Mike always shares his stuff with Lefty Skillman.
4: Lefty Skillman. It was Lefty who'd run us down with a truck whose body was found in the river Lefty, one of Daddy Bill's poor unfortunates here at the mission. Things were beginning to add up, and this package left for Mike and me. Liquor, he said, but it didn't gurgle. Henry, listen to me. Sure,
6: Johnny, but Forget
4: this package. I'm taking it with me, back to the Waldorf. Waldorf? Yeah, that's right. That's where I'm staying. Don't let these clothes fool you.
6: I thought there was something funny about you, the way you talk so fine. You a dick? Never mind.
4: If Daddy Bill wants me, that's where I'll be. Old Mikey won't find because I got him in room 203 at the Brakely Hotel. Room 203. Forget it. He's still recovering from that accident. Shouldn't be disturbed. He's all doped up anyway. That's why I took him to the Brakely where nobody will find him. Room I said forget about that room 203. If Daddy Bill wants me, tell him to call me at the Waldorf. Item 18, 10 cents. Phone call from a booth in the street to Sergeant Randy Singer. Item 19, five bucks even for a fast but gentle taxi ride to the 18th precinct where Randy had promised to have the lab boys alerted for me. Uh, is this it, Johnny? Yeah. Handle it softly, please. Okay,
5: okay. You going to stick around no, for a little
4: No, I'm going back to the breakly to uh, to make sure Mike is all right.
5: Yeah, now look here,
4: Johnny. Call the Waldorf for me. Get me registered there. Instruct the desk that if there are any calls for me, I'm eating lunch or something and I'll be back in my room in, say, an hour. Bye. Do it. I'll see you later. Item 19, taxi back to the Brakeley Hotel, to the service entrance in the alley. For five bucks, the freight elevator operator swore he'd tell no one he'd seen me take the back stairs to room 203, my room, not Mike's, as I told Emery at the mission. Office? Room clerk. That's right. This is Johnny Dollar in 203.
3: Oh, yes. Are you still working on Now, this listen, case? listen
4: carefully. If the police call me, put them through. Very well. But to anyone else who calls or comes looking for me, I'm not here. I never was here. You never heard of me. Understand?
3: Oh, yes, indeed, Mr. Dollar. We've worked with police and private investigators
6: before.
4: Okay, but if anybody wants to know about Mike Flynn, I want... Flynn? Yeah, the old bum I had you put in the room up on the fifth floor. Oh, yes. If anybody course. asks for him, tell him he's in this room, 203. Oh, very well. You sure you got that straight? Yes, sir. <laughs> Time was on my side, I hoped. Emory back at the mission had said Daddy Bill wouldn't return for an hour, but I couldn't be sure. As quickly as I could, I spilled a half bottle of whiskey around the room in the hope it would give the effect old Mike was there. Then I pulled down all the shades and drew the drapes tight across the windows. I turned down the bed and mussed up the covers so it would be ready for me. My watch said I still had time to kill, so I ran upstairs to Mike's room on the fifth, then carrying a fifth.
3: Well, bless my soul, Johnny. And look what you've brought me.
4: On one condition, Mike. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, anything you say. Oh,
3: you've been so good to me. I want
4: you to promise that no matter what happens, you'll stay right here in this room until I come back
3: Why, of course, Johnny. Anything you say. Especially now that you brought me this bottle to, to kind of keep me company. Say, wouldn't you like a little nip before you go? No,
4: no, thanks. Oh, and keep this door
3: locked. Oh, now, you sure you wouldn't like just one little no. Bit of nip? No. Oh, no. I hate to think of me having it all alone when you probably need it as much as I do. Now. Oh, oh, say, Johnny. Yeah? When are you and I going to be able to take these awful looking bandages off our heads?
4: We'll talk about that later. i got to get back to my room.
3: Yeah, now, you sure I can't tell you? I'm sure. You,
4: I'll lock this door.
5: All right, Johnny. But if you decide you
3: want a little nip with me,
4: quickly and quietly, I went back downstairs to 203 and cautiously let myself in, leaving the door unlocked. Nobody been there. I'd made it in time. But now all I could do was wait. Here, Randy. Better make it fast.
5: Oh? What's the matter? what you call about? That pretty little package you dropped off for of the lab, lads? Yeah? <laughs> you sure were right about it. A bomb, huh? If you or Mike had opened that package by now, you'd be spread all over the island in tiny little pieces. Look, Johnny, come on, let me in on it, huh? What are you up to down there?
4: I'll tell you when it's all over. That is, if what I think is going to happen does happen.
5: Are you sure you don't want some help? No,
4: I think I can... Gotta go. I'd heard footsteps out in the hall. Quickly, I slid into the bed, leaving nothing but my heavily bandaged head showing. The footsteps passed. And then, far down the corridor, I heard a door open and close. I lay still and waited. And lying there, thinking I began to wonder if I'd been right in turning down Randy's offer of help. Yet how could he help with them? Footsteps again. And this time, they stopped outside my door.
3: Here in the hall.
4: That voice was Daddy Bill's, and he wasn't alone.
3: Mike? Mike? You want on the light? Mike? Oh, he's in here all right. Smell that booze? He's there on the bed asleep. You mean drunk? Close door. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, Sam? Dead to the world. Are you sure this is going to be safe, Dutchy? Why do you suppose I took so long to case the jury? Yeah, but what about Dollar? I
5: told you, Bill, at the wall dog. You sure? You talked to him? No, no, he was in the coffee shop. Now, shut up, get this over with. Yes.
3: Always we do the dirty work for you.
5: All right, this one I'll do myself.
3: <laughs> well, who's. Shut up. Johnny. Hello, Johnny. Wait a minute, that's Mike. Who's on that bed? Shut up.
5: All right, Dollar. He can get up out of that bed and take it in the chest or lay there and get it in the back. All right,
3: Cosgrave. Touching. Both hands up high. Drop that gun. Sure.
4: Johnny. Shut him up out there, Bill. Yeah, Daddy Bill. Sure. Quiet, Dollar. You'd better do something, Cosgrave. you have two witnesses. The man who always kept his skirts clean, huh? Quiet,
3: Bill, let him in. We'll lock them both off. Make it look like a fight between them. Something... No, no, wait. Boss, we... Johnny, is something... I'm coming in. Oh, no, you... Get
6: not
5: Randy. Hey, you're real rough, aren't you? Now, wait a minute, Mike. Get up off his chest. I want to see what your dear friend, Daddy Bill, looks like. Oh, shit.
4: What'd you hit him with, anyway?
5: Oh, dear. The
4: poor bottle's all broken. First thing could happen to you, Mike.
5: Oh. Ah. Well, this is Dutchy Gordon, alias J. Wesley Carsgrave. He won't be for long. What? Well, what's that, Daddy Bill? You feeling better? He always hung it on somebody else. Ah, what are you talking about? Lefty, shorty, all of them. This one he'd have hung on me. Well, not this time. That
3: guy... Look at Put
4: it down! Randy,
5: Cosgrave, dead as a doornail. When Daddy Bill comes to after that sock on the chin, you can tell him he's cooked his own goose.
6: My, 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 my... my.
4: The world will be a bit better without Dutchie Gordon, alias J. Wesley Cosgrave... And of course, the courts will take care of Daddy Bill Larkin, plenty. Mike, indestructible Mike. Well, he'll probably outlive the rest of us. I hope I can get down to see him now and talk over our great adventure together. Expense account total: eleven hundred twenty-six fifty, which is a lot less than the fifty thousand you might have had to pay off on Mike. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
3: Our star to tell you about next week's intriguing story. Next week, the heady romance of moonlight on a lonely beach in Mexico.
4: Moonlight from a killer's moon. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
3: Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. It is produced and directed by Jack Gemstone, who also wrote this story. Heard in this week's cast were Howard McNair, Lawrence Dobkin, Harry Bartell, Herb Vigran, Alan Reed, and Roy Glenn. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino and Carl Fortina. Be sure to join us on Monday night, same time and station, for another exciting story of Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Roy Rowan speaking.
0: That was episode five of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar and the Indestructible Mike Matter here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. And we are done with our serial of Johnny Dollar and our Patreon reward. And we have our answer. That guy did it. (laughs) (laughs) Like
2: I said last episode, I think these are more of the hard-boiled style where it's mm-hmm.
0: how are you going to prove it not what yes is the truth.
2: And here they get a lot of tension out of Dollar's ploy. Right. And it's well set up uh with them both being injured and the bandages that they both have on their head. Mm-hmm. This was the first thing I was thinking at the top of this episode
1: was what kind of pull does Johnny Dollar have over the police with that yeah, I've got a head injury and a gun so stay back because I'm going to handle
0: this wow it's it's true it's okay the insurance investigators got this
2: yeah he's going to have a shootout in this hotel maybe he has double vision
0: Oh. oh man that's such a great point Tim I do love that knock on the door and hearing Mike, hello, Johnny. <laughs> oh, man, that makes me laugh so hard. But he, it does beg the question, before all of that, what was the plan? What was Johnny going to do?
2: Uh, I think he surprise, was going shoot to shoot them or at least hold them. But, yeah, he didn't have any cops coming for backup. So was his plan to just mow them down? Or was his plan... A Michael show up eventually and distract him. There was a certain amount of confidence involved in this plan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be that he was gonna shoot him, I guess,
2: or thought that he could just hold them at gunpoint, get after the hearing the confession out of yes. them. But it is that typical hard-boiled, where it's more about bravado, yeah. Well, than an, an, an actual uh, plan. Right. The embarrassment or being
1: tricked, I'm sure, would have just paralyzed them. <laughs> <It> wouldn't have <laughs> enraged them. <laughs> oh, you got us, Johnny. Oh.
2: Yeah, I think it would have played a little better if Johnny Dollar was calling the cops in, but they weren't going to get there in time, and he was just protecting Mike, Mike, yeah, Mike yeah. by luring yep. them off. Knew the cops were going to get there. Uh, um, from
0: what I could tell from dialogue in Foley, Mike handled himself really well and ended up taking a guy out with a bottle and he was on his chest at yep. the end yeah so he's a fighter on top of it but now why did
2: randy show up well like tim said an insurance investigator with a head injury <laughs> said i have a gun <laughs> i'll be fine I, i'm sure he got off the phone and went come on boys
4: <laughs>
0: is that what we're supposed to believe yeah, is that he was I like would think yeah, so. Randy
1: does seem to be uh I want to help you, but I know what your weaknesses are, and I want to
2: compensate. I respect you, Johnny, but I can't have you assassinating the two suspects in a, in a hotel room. So, but I like the care and attention. We're, we're laughing about the head injury, but the care and attention the script goes to reminding you that your hero is vulnerable, and he's trying to pull this off. I love the line of a fast but gentle cab ride yes. back it's a great, clever bit of dialogue that serves those dual purposes of being a little witty, but also telling you he's still hurting. He needs the help from a drunken sidekick, <laughs>
0: right <laughs> Let's do a quick synopsis for me. <laughs> sure. Give me the entire scheme.
1: Uh, I think the implication was they were using this mission as a, a front. Yes, an escape
2: route for people who needed... But it was to collect disposable henchmen, mm. essentially. Yeah, yeah, yes. Because they would get them to do their dirty work and off them. And it sounded like it wasn't an equitable arrangement because Daddy Bill seemed to be impatient yep. uh, with Cosgrove at the end, saying, yeah, he would have mm-hmm, hung it on right. me again, which seems like, why would you expect anything different from a guy named Duchy? <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. It's got some loopholes in it, but I get it.
2: It's always the trick of almost any serial is how do you wrap it up? I mean, I love cliffhangers because it's all about anticipation. And then often the resolution can be a little, uh. Right. And I think there was a little whimper at the end of this resolution, but I mean, they delivered a lot of literal bang, pow (laughs) at the end.
1: Yes, they did.
0: This is my issue, is that there are two stories going on here about using the mission for disposable henchmen and escape routes and an insurance policy on the uh, hobo that goes to the mission seem like two different stories.
2: That I think don't seem that's co- part of the same thing, is they're yeah. just using these hopeless people as f- right. money-making fodder, whether it be to off someone to make money or to off them to make money, uh, in the case of Mike. Mike. And Mike probably seems like the best victim for that scheme because he's so... Indestructible. Also gullible. Gullible, yes. 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 The gullible Mike matter would not be as
6: exciting (laughs) of a title. All
0: right, I see that now. So it's use these men in this place, Mm -hmm. this mission, for anything that suits
4: you.
2: Yeah, and I think in that way I like it because it seems realistic because any criminal organization just is running all these different scams and money making schemes I think it is a little more Scooby Doo when it's one villain with one singular plot yeah, to take over the city plot, yeah it's more like a Batman plot where here this one attempt at insurance fraud which is just one small part of their criminal enterprise brings them to the attention of Johnny Dollar who brings them all down by lying in down. bed and having guns pointed <laughs> at them <laughs> and Daddy Bill
0: kills him at the end Mm-hmm. Of course, he's got to go to jail for that, right?
2: Or is he going to... Uh, They pretty much imply, yeah. Do they? Uh, When he wakes up from that clock to the chin, tell him he's going down for this. So it's all wrapped up in a tidy bow, and my big relief is Mike lifts. Although there's a part of me that wanted some little button of a celebratory drink with Mike. I know it's a cereal, so they just run out of time, but I wanted to see them at Mike's private place. (laughs) I'm glad we did not get to Mike's private place. Well, that's where we differ.
1: (laughs) That's what fan fiction is.
0: (laughs) Having a drink and an Acme safe falls on Mike. The end. The end.
2: He is a little wily Coyote. Yes, he is.
0: Yes, he is. Well, that was my first involvement with Johnny Dollar uh, the serial Mm -hmm. I've listened to a few of the the full length episodes and they were fine I do like that format it's really cool to get that in 15 minute chunks in fact I'm going to go back and listen to it more because that's really going to work well for me at bedtime because (laughs) I am not getting to even 30 minutes now so I think I might be able to do a 15 minute radio serial before bed uh, and have one every night would be great you said in the intro, there was a nine episode one. That's that's the one I'm going to start with. But this definitely stands the test of time. It's very well produced. I think it's very true to the style and the genre, and it's a lot of fun.
1: Just in thinking about it, and I don't know if I'll be struck down for this comparison, but it is like <laughs> a hard-boiled version of The Thin Man. Just witty sharp, Repetain. witty, yes, set in a noir sort of environment. I really enjoyed it. I I don't know that I would say it's a classic because it is a variety of old chestnut tropes put together in a really
2: good way and executed well.
1: I strike you down for that. (laughs) Darn it.
2: (laughs) I have heard a number of other serials uh, from this era of Johnny Dollar, and I don't know that this one was my favorite, so I won't call it a classic. I will say the Johnny Dollar serials are a classic for the very reasons that Tim just said is in, they are consistently this well put together. Mm -hmm. And they have this room to breathe. They have clever dialogue and action that works side by side. And there are some that are far more hard-boiled and have less comic elements than this one that I have heard. So it's kind of a nice mix. You never know exactly what you're going to get. And then sometimes you get something and you think it's going to be a comic one and it just takes a total turn and becomes really dark um so yeah this definitely stands the test of time i thoroughly enjoyed it and i'm glad we did it it was a fun to listen to it with you guys yeah i think that was the best
0: part of this is I've never been in the same room with you guys and listened to an old-time radio show. Do you realize that? It's yeah.
1: weirdly intimate to watch someone listen. Yes, isn't it?
0: <laughs> to see what they do, to yeah. close their eyes. Other than my wife, I don't think I've ever listened to a radio I mean, show with anybody the, the, else.
1: the old classic styles that we would gather around yeah. the radio as a family. Yeah, yeah no. but
2: in our day and age, we think of listening as a private thing because yes. we're all about headphones and, and earbuds and it's Correct. not something you do as a group. It is a little weird and vulnerable. I mean, we right. probably shouldn't have held hands. That was probably part of what made it weird. But, <laughs> but it's a very interesting a, thing to wasn't do. It was my hand. <laughs>
0: well,
1: awesome. That was a lot of fun. Tim, tell him stuff please go visit ghoulishdelights.com. That is the home of this podcast. Not only will you find other episodes of the podcast there, you'll learn about our live shows, which things are popping in the live show realm. Uh, And it's also a great way to get a hold of us. You can click on links to social media, comment on episodes, just leave us a message. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you have episodes you want us to listen to on your behalf. I mean, it's not like we listen to them so you don't have to, but (laughs) we will take your suggestions for listening. We'll do that too.
2: Yeah, sure. Hey, us to listen to the episodes you hate. We will <laughs> gladly do that. Uh, speaking of paying us, you can also go to patreon.com slash themorals and this five-part podcast was a product of Patreon. So um, we're gonna have some other rewards on there. I've lost track of what our next rewards <laughs> are, but uh, if you contribute, uh, it'll get us closer to doing those and gives Carriage us... Carriage ride through Central
0: Park. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's on there, and that coming up? With Tim?
2: Yes. Hey! <laughs> well, will listen to old radio show and hold hands (laughs) it'll be awesome you can also go to iTunes and write a review because we do love reviews please try to be as drunkenly positive as Mike (laughs) when writing these reviews because we love that alright what's next next uh, it is a listener request it is an episode of Escape called I Saw Myself Screaming until then
3: You've been so good to me.
4: Especially now that you brought me this bottle to kind of keep me company. Say, wouldn't you like a little nip?
6: Oh, stories.
3: Weird
6: stories. Now,
3: you sure you wouldn't like just one? And murders, too?
5: <laughs>
3: the hermit knows of them all. Turn out your light. Turn them out? I hate to think of me having it all alone when you probably need it as much as I do.